I wanted to talk to you today about who do you say that I am. And I don't know about you, but whenever I was little, I had a really great imagination. Did anybody else have like a really great imagination? So I used to think like whenever I went swimming, I could actually be a mermaid. Now they actually have mermaid fins. I, who knew? Um, I used to really think that if I played outside long enough that I was like Tarzan and lived in a tree. Um, some of you guys, maybe, because you're guys, you thought like, I'm going to be a superhero. I don't know about you, maybe the girls too. One time I had a dream that I could fly. I don't, that's not like, I believe I can fly. Not like that. Like, I thought I was Superman or something, or woman, you know, whatever. And I was standing on my bed, and I was like, Mom, check this out. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, trust me, I've done this a lot in my dream. You know, because you don't have, like, time in your dream. You can, like, go from years. I don't know if you've ever done that. But I'm standing on the edge of the bed, no pillows, nothing, and I'm like, check this out. I jump off the bed. I don't fly. But I really believed that I could. <laughs> and it was very confusing when I hit the floor. And I don't know about you, but um, I was kind of like a weird kid. I don't know. Um, I like to play like I was a dog sometimes. And I don't mean like rough, rough. Like I mean like I had bowls on the floor and I would eat and drink out of them. Um, and then like I would put the cushions up on my couch. I don't know if you ever did that. And I would crawl through the back. I was that small once. And I would crawl through the back and I would pretend like I was a hamster. And I really thought like... If I really think it, I could be it. Why you would want to be a hamster, I don't know. I have no idea. But sometimes in life, we can literally think something so much about ourselves that we start to believe it. For the positive or the negative. And you know, even in life, when you get to know somebody, it can sometimes take a while because you can see somebody from afar and you can think something about them. But then if you get closer and you get to know them, it can be a whole different thing. I don't know about you, but I've had people that have told me, hey, like, I don't know why they would ever say this, but they were like, I thought you were really mean, and then I got to know you, and you're actually nice and fun. And I'm like, I know I am. How did you not know that? Well, all I have to say is that really who we choose to believe that we are, who we choose to believe that God is will affect our life forever. And I don't know about you, but I like having conversations, so I don't want to just preach at you. I want you to talk back to me. So if I say something and you like it, or if I say something and you agree with it, or whatever, like, let's talk today. Let's have a conversation. Let's be interactive. Because, you know what, you have a lot of great things for the rest of your camp that are ahead of you. And what I know is that tribal war and different tribal things don't just happen when you're in games. It happens all throughout. And more than that, how we respond and how we pay attention to what God's doing in our life will have a crazy effect on our life. So I want you to get what I'm saying so that you don't maybe have to learn the things that I've learned in the ways that I've learned it. You get a cheat sheet. Has anyone ever heard of Spark Notes? Like sometimes I felt like why read the whole book when I can read the Spark Notes? That's what I'm going to try to give you today. Okay? So Often we can believe so much in the moment of like maybe someone telling us who we are or us thinking who we are that we forget who we really are. We forget who God created us to be. And I don't know about you, but for me, I've thought things about myself that weren't the person that God created me to be. And for seasons, they actually defined my life. And you know, there is power in I am. 
Because whatever follows I am will really determine and shape the rest of your life. And we don't realize how often we say I am. And so I'm going to kind of give you some examples. I am bold. That's a good one. I am ugly. Not so good. I am talented. Pretty good. I am worthless. I am healthy. I am worthy. I am strong. I am slow. The I am's in our life will determine if we are successful or if we fail. You don't even realize how often you use I am in your life. We mess up and we say things like, I'm so stupid. Should we say that over ourselves? No. Or we see somebody more talented than us, which, side note, there's always going to be someone more talented than you. But God created you unique to go in your lane of what you're talented and gifted to do. But we see someone more talented than us in something we want to be talented in. And we think, well, I am just not as good as they are. Think about all the I am's that you say in life. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not athletic enough. I'm not rich enough. I don't have this. We think, we think so many times in our life that it's just a flippant statement or it's just something that's simple that we're saying. But we're actually declaring something over our life that's affecting our future. You see, what follows the I am in our life will either have, it will give it power and permission in our life. So if you say, I am bold, you're giving that power and permission in your life to make you to be bold. If you're saying, I am weak, or I am insecure, or I'm not attractive, you're actually bringing that on your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the kind of person that says all the time, I'm just not that cute, and then all of a sudden, I'm not that cute finds me. Or I'm not that talented, and then all of a sudden, I was talented, but then I'm not that talented finds me. That's what happens in our life because a lot of times we don't really think about it, but if it's important enough, and I'll get to this point in a second, but if it's important enough that Jesus asked his disciples, who do you think I am? It's important that we ask ourselves that question. So my first, my first point is you got to know who you are. God has great things for you. And if nobody's ever told you that, let me tell you, God has great things for you. And it's not just for when you're 20. It's not just for when you're 30. It's not just for when you get married one day or when you get that job or you get your degree. God has great things for you right now. And if you're focused on what's next or what's ahead and you're not focused on who you are right now and who God is right now, you're going to miss out on what he's doing right now and what he has for you right now. Because God's created you for greatness right now. And he's made you to be great. He wants you to recognize it so that you can actually live and walk in that reality. So I want to encourage you, when you start to say things like, well, I'm just not, stop yourself and say, I am this. You know, for me, I've been struggling um, in my health for the past couple years. And every single time someone will ask me, well, hey, so what do you have? I don't know if you realize that, but that's like an ownership statement. What do you have? I'll say things like, and I'll kind of give it a buffer because I don't want to freak people out. But I'll be like, well, you know, I always say it this way. I'm currently being healed of two autoimmune diseases. I don't say I have two autoimmune diseases because that's me taking ownership. That's me saying I am sick. I already know the Bible says that I'm healed. So that's how I speak about myself. I say I am currently being healed of. Now, I haven't seen the healing yet. 
But I don't know what God's doing in the unseen. So if I claim that I'm sick, what's going to happen in my body? I'm going to stay sick. If you're feeling insecure and you say things like, well, I'm just not that attractive, what's going to happen? You're not going to feel more confident about yourself. When somebody's like, you're ugly, you're going to be like, I know. And then you're probably not going to start taking care of yourself, getting ready. People are going to be like, you need to wear deodorant. And you're like, I'm just not cute. Everything you say will affect everything in your life. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that I'm going to read in a second. But the second point that I'm going to lead into is you have to know who Jesus is. In Matthew 16, Jesus is basically talking to his disciples, okay? And they talk about how him and the disciples are going to the area, or they're, they're going to the area of Caesarea Philippi. I don't really care if you've ever been there or if it's even called that today, but I want to talk to you about why is the scripture starting with saying where they are? I think Jesus cares about where we are because based on who we're around and what we're around and the season of life we're in, we're going to see God differently at times. Our view of God should not change based on just who we're around or what season we're in, but often it, it does. And so in this scripture, it goes on to say that Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? I don't know about you, but a lot of people have a, a lot of opinions about Jesus. Sometimes the word Jesus is more confronting and more uncomfortable for people than like a cuss word. Like, I don't know if you've noticed in America, but if people say Jesus, people are so quick to shut you down. They want you to conform to what makes them comfortable. Why is the name of Jesus so uncomfortable for some people? Because it calls them into intimacy. It calls them into a place that makes them uncomfortable because with Jesus, you're loved no matter where you're at. And people a lot of times want to justify who they are and they don't want that stuff to be uncovered yet, so Jesus is confronting to them because he's saying, I love you. Now, I don't know about you, but if I've ever been angry and I'm just in my mode and someone's like, hey, and they're being really nice, I'm like, stop being so nice. Has anyone ever been there before where you're like frustrated and someone keeps being nice to you and it's like a good thing, but you're like frustrated? That's how sometimes I think the world is with Jesus. He's trying to love you He's trying to love us, and we sometimes push back because we're like, hey, um, I'm upset right now. <laughs> um, I'm going through a hard time right now, and we reject the very thing that could transform our life because we're so stuck in what we are in that moment, mad, upset, frustrated, left, whatever. So he goes on to say, who, who, do, you, who do other people say that I am? Now, why would Jesus care about who other people says that he is. Now, the interesting thing in here is that they start listing off all these people's names. Like, if I was like, hey, I want to meet you. And they're like, oh, this is John, Timothy, Joe, Brian, Steve, maybe. These are, <laughs> these are the people that, like, live with Jesus. They get to look at him. They get to, like, see him, do things. Like, it's not like we're just talking about Jesus and we're like, one day you'll see him. They're, like, with him. And he's like, hey, who do people say that I am? Imagine asking your friend that. Like, who do, who do people say that I am? Well, I know you as Brooke, but you might be Stephanie and uh, Tiffany and also uh, Sandra, maybe. People say that. You're like, no, uh, I'm Brooke, right? Isn't that an interesting thought? Because people are going to always have an opinion about who you are or who you're like or what you look like. Have you had people compare you to people before? Like, I've had people tell me I look like celebrities. And I'm like, ew. No, I am me. <laughs> no, thank you. 
People were comparing Jesus to people, and he is Jesus. So then the next thing he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? That's kind of intense. Like if Jesus was staring at me and he was like, hey, who do people say that I am? That would be an easy question. And I think that's why he started off that way, because it was easy, because like people have opinions. But then he goes personal, and he's like, but who do you say that I am? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about like, who do I say that Jesus is in my life? Because if I see him as an Instagram Jesus, or if I see him as a movie Jesus, or my parents Jesus, or a church thing Jesus that I do sometimes, or like when I'm upset, I pray to that Jesus, but he's not an active person in my life, you're not going to see the active power of God in your life. You're going to get the Instagram Jesus, and that's all you're going to get. Or you're going to get your parents Jesus, and that's all you're going to get. You're going to wonder, like, hey, Jesus, where are you? And he's like, hi, I'm here. Get to know me. Because you don't know me for yourself. And then we get upset with him personally, though. But we don't have a relationship. So he goes on, and all of a sudden, you probably had heard this story before, but Peter, you guys know who Peter is, right? He goes, you're the Messiah. Like, like they're all sitting there and be like, maybe you're John the Baptist. Maybe you're Zechariah. He's like, no, I know. You're the Messiah. And he just kind of like blurts it out. If you don't know Peter, he's kind of, to me, I think about like energetic, wiry type guy, right? So he's like, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. No mere human showed this to you. My father in heaven showed it to you. Here is what I tell you. You are Peter. On this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell will not be strong enough to destroy it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you lock on earth will be locked in heaven. And what you unlock on earth will be unlocked in heaven. So I want to just pick apart a couple things. Who's your daddy? I don't know about you, but like sometimes when I was growing up, people referred to me by my dad. They'd be like, hey, aren't, aren't you Keith Craft's daughter? Uh, have you ever had that with your parents? They're like, hey, I know, you're, you're, you're so-and-so's daughter. You're so-and-so's son. Could somebody do that about Jesus with you? Could they say, hey, you're a daughter of the Most High God. Hey, you're a son of the Most High God. Would it be that evident? Would you resemble Jesus so much that someone could go, hey, I know your dad. Hey, I know, I know who you are. If you notice in this scripture, Jesus talks to Peter and says, son of Jonah. Why? That's who his daddy is. But because he recognizes who Jesus is, he gets to now have the keys of the kingdom. And I don't know if you know this, but Peter's name was actually Simon, which Simon meant a reed that wavers. And Jesus changed his name to Peter, which meant a firm rock. And he not only says, like, hey, you're going to get the keys of the kingdom. He gives him the authority to have whatever he wants on earth to happen in, in, with the power of Jesus. Because he knows who Jesus is, he goes, great, now you're going to have my power. And I'm going to build my church on you. Now, what does that mean? Is that like a building is going to be built on top of him? No, that's weird. What that means is that literally he's going to have the authority to be an amazing strength in the kingdom of God. That the power of God is going to go with him. I don't know about you, but I want to know Jesus in such a way that his power is going to come with me. 
that I'm not just this person that watches things like Harry Potter or watches different shows and I'm like, that would be cool, Expelliarmus. You have the power of the Most High God living inside of you, and you don't access it most of the time. I don't access it most of the time. How crazy is that? If I had the power to fly or become a mermaid or be a princess or something, I would be like, tiara on. Like, why are we not accessing the power of God? Because you don't know who he is, and you don't know who you are. And you don't realize that you are royalty. So we're watching a royal wedding thinking, oh, that would be nice. And you're leaving your crown at home. Because you don't know who your daddy is. <laughs> and neither does the world. Because you only want him when it's convenient. You only want him when you need your prayer request answered. And you're upset when he doesn't do it how you want him to do it. You see, something great happens when we see and recognize who God really is. Because people are always going to have opinions about who you are. And if you, if you don't know who you are, you're going to actually maybe start to believe it. And when you start to believe it, that's what you're going to receive in your life. You know C.S. Lewis, I don't know if you know who he is, but he basically said, about Jesus, you can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. You know, there's people that see Jesus as a good man. There's people that see Jesus as a teacher. There's people that see Jesus as another prophet. And then there's people that see him as the son of God. When you see Jesus as the son of God and you get to know him personally, and you get to know his voice, you get his power. You get, you get the ability to learn how to access his power. And you know, everyone that has these opinions in our life or in, in who Jesus is, based on your opinion, based on who you say that you are, based on who you say that Jesus is, that's what you're going to get out of it. So if you don't see him as a healer, are you going to get healed? You're not even going to know to receive healing because you're just going to stay sick. If you are going through a hard time and all you know to do is go to your friends and you never go to who Jesus is, you're never going to get a God perspective on that thing and you're just going to stay in that earthly mindset. You know, the Bible says that his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be thinking like everybody else because I don't like what everyone else is getting. I want to think higher so I can live higher. You know, it's easy to say like, hey, you want to be a millionaire? Like if I ask you guys that, would you want to be a millionaire? Does anyone in here want to be like rich? Let me ask you another question. Why? Like, a lot of us have the thought of, like, it would be really cool to be famous on Instagram. Why? Like, have you thought about that? Like, we think about, like, I want to be rich. Why? So you can get a Bentley or Tesla, whatever you want? I don't know. Is it about just getting things? Because you were created to worship. You were created to do war. You were created to be an example of who Jesus is in the earth, which is love. And if you're just thinking about things in an earthly sense, that's what you're going to receive. And there's going to be people around you getting blessed. There's going to be people around you walking in the spirit and the favor of God. And you're going to be like, why can't I have that? Because you don't know who you are. You know, there are 2,203 descriptions of who Jesus is in the Bible. How many descriptions have been put out there about you? Which one are you living by? 
because Jesus said to his disciples, only God could have revealed to you who I am. How do you get who Jesus is revealed to you? You spend time with God. You get in his presence. If you are um, partying more than you're in church or spending time with God, you're not going to probably find him. Because even though he's with you, those voices are going to be louder in those scenarios. Whatever voice you make the loudest in your life is the one that's going to rule your mind and it's going to rule your life. If your friend's voices are louder than the voice of God, look at your friend's life. That's what you're going to get. They say you are what you eat. You are who you hang around. I want to hang around somebody who is a king. Because you know what? No matter what people think about you, no matter what people say about you, and I want you to really hear this because this can change how you respond to people. When you realize that you're royalty because your father in heaven is a king above all kings, you can realize when people have things to say about you, royalty doesn't need to defend itself. I've had a lot of people say terrible things about me. I've had a lot of people have opinions about me. But you know what? It's not just like, oh, I don't care. I, whatever. I know who I am. You don't know. Only God can judge me. Hopefully you're not talking in the terms of God judging you because he wants to bless you. But you know what I think of? I know who I am because I know who God is. I know who he's created me to be, and I'm royalty. And I don't need to defend myself to you. I'm just going to love you, and you're going to see who I am. I want you to think of that next time someone has an opinion about you. I don't even care, honestly, if it's your parents and it's a negative thing that they have to say about you. Now, you are called to honor your parents no matter what. But you can know in your mind that I am a child of God. And with God, royalty doesn't need to defend itself. God can be my defender. So there's a difference in knowing somebody from a distance and knowing somebody personally. Do you know Jesus personally? Because I know a lot of people in my life growing up would say, well, my mom and dad say this about Jesus or this about Christianity. And it was like the biggest pet peeve to me because you know what? You don't go to heaven because your parents know God. You don't go to heaven because or have a great life with God because you go to church with your parents. You have a great life with God and you have authority in God because you choose to have a relationship with God personally. You see, the Bible is not just a story or another book. It's an invitation. It's alive and it's active and it wants to work in your life. So if think of it this way. Does anyone in here like Apple Maps? I don't. So if you like Apple Maps, go ahead. I like Google Maps. My mom uses Waze. I don't personally like Waze because it leads you down different ways that aren't there. But I like Google Maps. It's kind of like whatever your flavor is, okay? There's like different t like types of Bibles. The Bible's like basically the roadmap to success on your life. And if you're not following the roadmap to success, you're going to get whatever you get. And the Bible is an invitation to learn how to be successful, to learn how to be powerful, to learn how to be loved by God. God created the world with words, and we're given the same authority in our life to create our world with words. And if we're saying things like, I am stupid, I am dumb, I am not enough, that's the world you're creating. You know in Psalms 139, 13 through 14, David said, you created the deepest parts of my being. You put me together inside my mother's body. How you made me amazing and wonderful. I praise you for that. 
what you have done is wonderful, and I know that very well. David here is saying, I am wonderful. I'm amazing. I'm made by God. That goes against, like, human thoughts. Like, imagine if you woke up in the day and you got ready, and you're like, I'm amazing, God. Thank you for that. Wow. I love that about myself. Thanks, God. If you, like, talk to yourself that way, what other people said wouldn't matter as much. A lot of times we don't have the positive self-talk. And so when someone else comes and tries to define us, that's the only definition we have. But you don't know what the Bible says about you. You don't know what God says about you. So you don't know what to say about you. So when we know who God is, it helps us to understand and believe that we're great too. You've been handpicked and designed by God. You're not an accident. You didn't like pop on this earth out of nowhere and like, oh, didn't know you were going to be here, John. Thanks for coming. Like God actually formed you. He created you. There's a lot of different possibilities that could have been out there, and you were the one that made it. And I'm sure you've heard that before, and you're like, great, I wish it wouldn't have, I wish that wouldn't have happened. I felt that way before. I'm like, someone else could have been better than I am. What does the world even need with me? But what I'll tell you is that God has a design and assigned advantage for your success. So you either choose to partake and get on that path or not. If you live thinking, and, and I've done this before in my life, where I've thought, not even because anybody told me this, but in myself, I've thought, like, maybe I'm a mistake. Maybe, maybe I wasn't supposed to be here. If I am thinking that way and believing that way, and I don't get another perspective that's higher than mine, I'm going to live that way, and those are the results I'm going to get. And that's going to be reaffirmed in my life over and over. But if I think I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I have a purpose, and God has great things for me, that's what I'm going to feel. That's what I'm going to see in my life. But you're the one that makes that decision to choose that. But you know what? The fact that that's who you are never changes. God's word doesn't change. You being fearfully and wonderfully made and made on purpose is real. And so when you have the right I am's in your life, you invite the right things into your life. Okay, Proverbs 18.21 says, your words are so powerful they can either kill or give life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to like kill things except for the enemy <laughs> in my life. Like I want the only negative things that I speak to be against the enemy. Not against myself, not against my life. And so many times, that's what we're focused on. You know, in the Bible, we see over and over again where there's different people that have believed. That have believed in God, that believe that God is who he says he is. And you know, in Romans 4, 18, there's a great example of this. It says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, this is hopeless. Like, I don't see a way out. Anybody? It says, Abraham believed anyway. Why can he believe anyway? Because he sa it says he decided to not live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do on his own. But he decided to live on what God said he would do. Don't live your life based on what you can't do. Because that's what you're going to get. Live your life according to the fact that God can do it even when I can't. And that's what you're going to get. Because anything's possible with God. Some of you have allowed what other people think about you to define who you are. And God doesn't want that for you. Only God determines your destiny. No person can do that. So stop letting them. Like today, stop letting other people define who you are. Stop letting yourself define who you are. Only fight for the definition of who God says you are. Before anybody had an opinion, God blessed you. So don't let people curse you. You know we have enough opinions against us as it is, why have an opinion against yourself? 
Okay, so Moses, and I'm going to kind of break down this story for you. Moses in Numbers 13, he sends out 12 spies. And if you know anything about the Bible, has anyone ever heard of the Israelites? Yeah, yeah, Israelites. Okay, so they had been delivered from captivity. They were slaves in Egypt, okay. God delivered them. Moses is leading them to the promised land. And at this point, it's been a while. And Moses basically sends out 12 spies to go check out the promised land, which is kind of interesting to me because God already said it's theirs. But he's like, hey, go check it out for us. <laughs> You've been in the desert long enough. Why not just go into it, right? So he sends out 12 spies. And it's interesting because 10 of them came back with a negative report. Why would they come back with a negative report? In Numbers 13, it says that there was people that were too strong for them. They started spreading lies about the promised land to get people to not want to go in it. They started spreading lies about the people who were positive. You see, there were only two people that were positive in this scenario, and it was Caleb and Josh. And... The reason why I think the people got negative is because they forgot that God was with them. They forgot who they were. They forgot that they were the children of God. They forgot that they were more than conquerors. So the only positive ones, Caleb and Joshua, they remembered who God was and that God had delivered them from Egypt and that he was still going to do great things in their life. The negative people didn't just go on to spread negative things about the promised land. They went to spread negative things about Joshua and Caleb for being positive. Now, I don't know if you've ever been this person, but, like, you're trying to do the right thing. And maybe you've been there before. You're trying to do the right thing. And, like, people are hating on you for, like, loving people. Or people are hating on you for, like, doing the right thing. Like, how weird is it in school that you choose to not drink or have sex and people are making fun of you? What I will tell you is that every single guy and every single girl wants somebody who's been pure. You don't want to marry somebody who's been impure. You want somebody that's only for you. So why are we giving what we have to somebody who's not for us, but we want something different than what we've given? But then also, like, we want great things in life. We want great things in life, but we put things in our body that numb our mind, numb our spirit, numb who God has for us. And we somehow think we're going to be great. <laughs> if you're doing what everybody else is doing, that is not greatness. Falling in line with the pack is not leadership. Choosing God's way, no matter what other people say, out of 12, 10 were negative. Isn't that a picture of life? Two were positive. And guess what happened? The 10 negative people started turning everybody else against them. They wanted to kill Caleb and Joshua for being positive. One thing I will tell you is if you start seeing who God is in your life, and if you start walking in that, it's going to be intimidating to other people. Because they're going to understand that they can't change how you feel about yourself. They can't change the decisions that you're making because you understand your royalty. I don't act that way. Why do you think Meghan Markle can't have a social media? I have social media, so I'm saying this to myself too. Because only people who aren't doing important things have time to be on their phone that much. She doesn't need likes. She's royalty. She doesn't need to buy followers. She's royalty. She leads the way. 
So you don't need to be sending pictures of yourself to somebody. You don't need to be buying followers to get some affirmation that you're pretty or you're handsome. You don't need to have everything that the world tells you you need to have. All you need to have is understanding who you are. Because when you understand who you are, you can stop leaving your crown at home. You can stop fighting for yourself and let God fight for you. You know what happened in the Bible here with Moses? Is that they go on to basically say, Caleb told them, he said, quiet. Listen to Moses. Let's go now and take possession of the land. Let's go now. We should be more than able to conquer it. Why would he be able to say that? Because he knows who goes with him. So all of a sudden, God tells Moses, hey, I'm going to do exactly what the negative people said is going to happen. He goes, here's what I'm announcing. I am the Lord. You can be sure that I live, and here is what you can do. You can be just as sure of. I will do to you the very thing that I heard you say. You will die in the desert. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, will die. Every one of you who has counted on the list of people will die. Every one of you who has spoken out against me will be wiped out. I lifted up my hand and promised to make this land your home. But now, not all of you will enter the land. Caleb, the son of, will enter it. Joshua, the son of, will enter it. And they are the only ones who will enter the land. You have said that your enemies will capture your children, but I will bring your children in to enjoy the land that you have turned your backs on. As for you, you will die in the desert. The wrong I am can keep you from your destiny. And that's a pretty scary place to be in. Have you ever heard of the other ten spies? No. Nobody has. Because they didn't make history. They were negative. They fell in line with the pack and they died in the desert. They never got their promise. And I'm gonna end with this. I know that you guys kinda talked about this man before. You guys heard of Bartimaeus? He's a blind man. Okay, so I don't need to tell you the story because I'm pretty sure Pastor Jeremy already did. But basically, he's in a crowd. He doesn't see Jesus, he hears him. And he starts calling out his name and what does the crowd say? Shut your mouth. Be quiet. And he calls out even louder than the crowd to Jesus. Why? Because he believed he knew who Jesus was. He knew that Jesus was a healer. So he wasn't afraid of the crowd. Because he knew who his focus was on. So then, all of a sudden, Jesus, he says, basically, someone's calling me. And all of a sudden, the crowd goes, hey, Jesus is calling you, come on. Isn't it interesting how things change when people see the favor of God on your life? They want to tell you who you aren't, but then all of a sudden when, they're, when you're blessed, they're like, what are you doing? It's interesting how people's perspective changes when they start to see you bless. You see, this man could have chosen to stay a beggar. I don't know if you know this, but beggars do best in crowds. He could have made a lot of money that day. But he wasn't saying, change for the poor. He was saying, Jesus, I need you. He didn't think about his circumstance as far as, like, right now I need money. He thought about his future of, I want to be healed. We can say I want to be rich. We can say I want to be great. We can say I want to be famous. I want to be important. But why? 
Because when Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want? Bartimaeus could have been like a $20 bill. I know you've got money. God's blessed you. And that's how sometimes we act with God. He's like, what do you want? We're like, I want a car for my birthday. What do you want? I want to date that guy. Is that really what you need? Because Bartimaeus, he said, I want to see. And guess what happened? Instantly, he could see. And guess what he did? His first thing that he did after he could see is he got up and he followed Jesus. I know a lot of you guys have had answered prayers. What did you do after they happened? Did you just receive it and move on with your life? Because I've done that. And it's very convicting. It's a convicting place to be in. To have a miracle happen and go, thanks. And then hear a story like this where he's been blind and the first thing he does is he gets up and then he follows Jesus. When you have experiences like camp, when God meets you where you're at and he touches you and he, he loves on you exactly where you're at, you're not supposed to leave and say, thanks, God. That's why camp, they say it's like a fire that burns out quick. It's not real transformation at times because people are like, thank you, God. That made me feel good. I'm going to go on. i got to go to this party now. I want to be popular. You're supposed to leave here and follow Jesus. Don't just receive your miracle. Don't just receive your healing. Don't hear these words that God chose for you to hear. Do you realize that there's people in the world right now that are doing nothing important? And you've chosen to be at camp, to invest in yourself, not just to have fun in 100-degree weather outside, okay? You've chose to invest in your life this summer. Don't go back to school the same. Don't go back to your family the same. Don't go back to your friend group the same. Some of you guys need to change your friend group. Some of you guys need to break up with that person. So I just want to ask you a question. I want to pray for you. Who's Jesus to you? Because depending on how you answer that question, I can't answer that question for you. I can tell you who he is to me. But depending on who you say he is, is what you're gonna see happen in your life. Who do you say that you are? Because depending on who you say you are is gonna depend on what's possible in your life. You know, a lot of times in camp we have altar calls and we have prayer that happens and, and we bow our head and we're closing our eyes, trying to be reverent. But what I wanna encourage you with is if you can't do it in this room with people that love you and believe the same thing, why are you gonna do it outside of those doors? And if you're the person that you say today, I want to not only know who Jesus is and walk in that, but I want to know who I am like never before. I want you to stand up right now. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to have anything special happen right now. Just stand up. Because God wants you to be the person that he's called you to be. And it's going to take courage. It's awesome. You know what's amazing is out of a room like this, it's the people that make choices like you that lead everybody else. If you're willing to stand alone, guess what you'll realize? You're not alone. It says in the Bible that God goes before you, that he prepares the way, and he has the victory, and all you have to do is walk in it.
So what I'm looking at right now, the people that are standing, you're leaders. So you got to live like that. You got to believe like that. You got to speak like that. And what I want you to know is if you're still sitting and you know you need to be standing, it's not too late. So what I want you to do is I want you guys that are standing to lift your hands like you're receiving. God, I thank you for every single person that's standing right now. I thank you that you see them. I thank you that you care about them. God, I thank you that you have great plans for their life. God, I thank you that right now you are putting authority and anointing on their life that they never had before they walked into this room. God, I speak wisdom and knowledge and understanding, divine fear with you and divine fear with men over their life. God, I speak against any plans of the enemy. They will not succeed. Enemy, you have no authority in their mind, in their heart, in their emotions, in their body. God, I thank you that you are, you are actually sending angels with these people. That as they go into their homes, as they go into their schools, as they walk into anywhere, God, they have a whole army with them. So nothing that people say can stick unless they choose for it to. Nothing that they would believe about their circumstance can stick unless, for they, unless they choose it for it to, God. God, I thank you that your word, your way, who you are, will be the most powerful thing in their life. And because of that, God, they will not forget that they are royalty. God, that they will know who you are so they can see who you are working in their life. God, I thank you that if they're struggling with something right now, they can leave it right here. They don't need to necessarily come to an altar because they just stood up out of the thing that they were sitting in, God. And they said, no more. This is who I am. And God, even right now, I imagine just like beams of light, God, as they stood up, God, that's reaching to heaven. God, you see them, and in the earth, they're going to be lights for their generation. They're going to be leaders. God, they're going to do things that other people aren't willing to do. God, they're going to be the positive ones. They're going to be the ones that might not always get it, but they're going to get back up in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that they're going to be more attractive than they ever thought that they could be because they're walking with you. God, because they have confidence in who you say they are. God, they're going to have power and authority and meaning when their generation is searching for it. God, I thank you for them right now. And I just speak not only protection, but I speak a special anointing on their life, a special favor on their life. Because when we know who you are, God, we get everything you have for us. In Jesus' name.